0: I am a super fan of recovery in Christ, and my name is Deb. Uh, I have a new life in Christ, and I am recovering from insecurity, control issues, and pride. There's my people. All right. My upbringing was full of people that were at odds at odds with each other, at odds with themselves, and at odds with faith. No one set of ethics was ever above another unless it could be used as ammunition in a fight. God was viewed as a distant legend in our home, and when I was young, we attended church, enjoying its regular like social perks and such, but I've never prayed or read the Bible with either of my parents. I desperately wanted to please my family from a young age, having little time with them due to their work schedule and daycare arrangements. I often didn't know what was expected from me, day to day or moment to moment, but I would certainly hear about it if I had done something wrong. Criticism, comparing, sarcasm, passive-aggressive communication, and anger were the soundtrack to my childhood. Unfortunately, I was very gullible, but I had a very righteous personality, if you've ever met me. I thought I deserved to know everything going on around me, and I had a hard time regulating emotion when I didn't get what I thought I deserved. When angry, I was furious. When sad, I was sobbing. When afraid, I was consumed. I was chalked up to being too sensitive to everything and told to snap out of it. I had to cope with it somehow, and escaping through the alternate realities of books, television, and sexual sin was how I did it. I had a great work ethic and was always quick to move up promotions at jobs, leadership positions, and social circles, but inside, I was a mess. My dad's health was failing, my mom was emotionally unavailable, and my brother was long gone from the home. I was afraid all of the time that everyone would find out how stupid and unprepared I felt. You guys are quiet. <laughs> I, would, uh, I would be afraid that my peers would know my competitive was something I used to qualify my existence. My life was unmanageable. I completely denounced any faith in God in my 20s after my dad died. He was an old dad, he was 45 when I was born. So I had always feared that he wouldn't be able to walk me down the aisle. And when he passed, it felt like a very personal door slamming in my face. I began drinking and staying out to stay away from my home. And combining that with a grueling school schedule and a work schedule, I began to fray. I met my now husband, Brian, back there. All this man wanted to do was make me happy. I moved in with him and we began a very dysfunctional life together, both living for pleasures that included substance abuse, pride, and a constant battle for control. When we turned 24, God redirected many things in our lives to get us involved with a new church that we loved. We didn't believe yet, we still challenged Christian ideas and still abused substances for months while attending in the beginning. But on February 15, 2009, God called my name, and I accepted Christ. Yes, I didn't know it, but Brian had the same experience that day. We joined Bible studies, we were biblically counseled, and, held and asked to manage our live-in situation of being not married, so we decided to get married. Because Brian and I wouldn't repent of our root sins, we didn't get any better. And outside of the birth of our son, not much else changed. Our relationship began coming to a head about five years later. We had moved many times, and the church in our neighborhood had a recovery program, a lot like regeneration. I knew it would fix my husband and probably help myself in the process. We went a few times, but Brian dropped out, not wanting to change. I went a few more times, but I was drowning in depression at home and battling to keep my own rage in check while raising a two-year-old. One day during a tantrum, I snapped and had a very low moment when I slapped my son. I didn't damage him, but I knew I was out of control, that my life was out of control, that I didn't need to fix my husband. I needed to get help for myself. So I kept going. I began to rely on Jesus instead of external things for security, and Brian could see the differences in me after a few months. He would escalate controlling or hurtful behavior to avoid have any further healing in me. As my step group completed step 12, I rededicated control of my life to Christ to let him determine my path no matter what. Second Corinthians t- 4, six through, 16 through 18 had taken up residence in my heart and became a touchstone when I felt adrift. It says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are, tra- are seen as transient, but the things that are seen as eternal. So that night after the dedication, Brian began another insane cycle of argument, which escalated as I refused to engage, prayerfully walking out the tools I had learned and leaning on the Lord as I tr- uh, the Lord that I had come to trust. In my heart, I heard, go, I've got this. So I took our son with me and we left. I felt no hatred, only pity. I wished Brian to seek community and Christ and then cut off communication with him entirely. I ended up at the sheepfold ministry where I learned even more about the crushing denial I had lived in and how I had denied the healing truths Jesus wants to affect change in each of us. Through brutal honesty and God's sweet, sweet mercy, I have been sober for seven years since the sheepfold. (laughs) Gracious beyond measure, God also started a good work in my husband that defied my greatest hopes. We began steps to reconcile, and eventually God called us to leave, leave our unhealthy life, including family and friends behind. Cody was where he called us to. Though we found a church body we truly loved, we missed the authentic accountability of recovery and felt the need for change. Outpost gave us that sense of Christ-centered community we needed through the core values, and we dove in. I knew Regen was a future opportunity to serve in my favorite way, and I volunteered to help in any way possible once it began. The first night of Regen, I was pumped. I have seen Jesus reach the unreachable before, turn them to Him, and change their whole life. I get a front row seat to that, and I never know when it's going to happen. As I watch new faces join in the beginning, I imagine a little Jack in the Box turning above their head. When will it pop? When will they reach the end of themselves and meet God full front? Will they find joy, peace, and identity in the Lord? Will they sob on their face? Or will they dance for joy when they fully let him in? To anyone considering region, I can promise you will get a chance to hear your God addressing your issues with the intent of restoring you to him for his glory. God will reveal his story in each of your lives. He will manage the things you cannot he will discipline, or disciple you to himself, and then teach you to share with others how to love Jesus deeper than before, and surrender the th- throne seat of your heart to him. I was once enslaved to my pride, to control, to playing God of my life, but I am free to worship, work with, and fellowship with the one true God. My name is Deb, and I have a new life in Christ.